Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, our kink panel will talk about uh, fantasies and shame, sex, and kink. How shame can prevent us from exploring some of our true sexual desires and how to get over it. That's coming up after 10.15, but first... Calling's not the only way to connect. The inbox is easy and always open at 514-800. Remember, you can send your questions anytime. I want to apologize, first of all, for bailing last night. Some of you may know, may have noticed that it was a repeat. I had I waited to the last minute, but I'm, my, my, I had to take my husband to the emergency, which was the last place he wanted to be. Uh, he had a kidney stone attack, and we kept putting it off, thinking he could get past the pain, but he could not. So I had to bail like right before 10 o'clock. So I want to thank uh, Dave Simon, who acted fast and, and found something for you to listen to in the meantime. So I apologize if your letters or your uh, your text did not go answered, but I promise you I will answer them today, tomorrow, Friday. I'll spend uh, time doing that. So here goes. Uh, I have an issue with red color in my sperm. Had it back in 2018 and it disappeared after a month. Back then I consulted and the doctor had checked my prostate. Everything was okay. Our sexual relationship is normal, but if we wouldn't have sex, I would never know it because my urine is normal. Should I reconsult? Is it dangerous? And what can cause it? So generally speaking, I know it sounds scary when you see blood in in the semen or anything red. So it looks scary, but uh, usually it's quite benign and goes away on its own. So you've, it's only happened to you one other time, can happen because of inflammation. You know, there's a lot of structures in there in the genital uro, urinary tract and all that. So it could very well be that it was some kind of inflammation, maybe of the prostate, but your prostate's fine now. So it, it should not be um alarming usually the cause is benign if it persists then that's something else you should be more concerned if your semen is green because that could be a sign of uh, infection actually so uh, generally speaking if it's not something that happens on a regular basis um, mostly benign uh, hi dr Lori. out of topic you've reached a million views for your video on tedx talk congratulations thank you yes thank you all actually you made it happen we reached um one million five thousand views so far on the tedx talk called the pleasure principle about female pleasure so if anybody is interested you just have to look up my name on uh, youtube and you will see it uh wondering about pegging shy about this okay um so what is pegging basically pegging is the is when a woman anally penetrates a man using a strap-on so basically a belt kind of thing that has a dildo um, attached to it you might ask why so and it's not a, a gay thing men straight men this is a, a you know, obviously straight relationship, women and men uh, together doing this uh, to stimulate the prostate. For a lot of men, um, this whole area inside the rectum is packed with nerve endings and when stimulated can be a source of great pleasure for men. So it seems to be a new trend, something we'll talk about also on our kink panel, uh, but does seem to be 
um, becoming more and more common. What's important here is that you start slow. So you don't get your partner to get a, a 10 inch dildo attached to a strap on for your first time. Like that would be ridiculous. So first you have to get comfortable with anal penetration. So you would start with uh, a finger in, in the anus. You have to make sure that you would use uh, lubrication. And then, so from a finger, you can graduate to uh, a smaller butt plugs, butt plugs come in all different shapes and sizes, which is stuff you can practice on your own. You actually don't need your partner, uh, for that. And, uh, and then slowly move on, uh, to this. So better to do your research and to go slow than to just say, Hey, let's, let's get this strap on and, and, and get to it. And, um, no, that could be damaging and it could be painful. And so the goal here is, is to have something that's not painful, right? Love this, uh, <laughs> this question. Can I get my wife's head examined without her knowing? <laughs> Which uh, We don't exactly examine heads or shrink heads, by the way. Um, I don't know what's wrong with your wife or what you think is wrong with your wife, but the best way to get help um, is to go as a couple. If, if there's an issue, if your wife's behavior is creating an issue for you, then, uh, then suggest couple counseling and then, uh, her head will be examined and your head will be examined and the couple together will be examined and you can figure out what the, uh, what the problem is right there. But the very, uh, cute way of putting it. All right, got this email. Uh, I just heard you speak about the young lady who found the courage to leave after hearing two lines of a poem. I just had shivers. The same words that her boyfriend pronounced about no one wanting to to her and making her life miserable were reminiscent of what my ex said to me in 2005. I'm so proud that she calmly organized herself and made the move to exit that relationship. Amen to her strength. And please let her know that she is strong, beautiful, and that this, this is a new chapter in her life. We are strong. And like I always say, we have one life to live, choose to be happy and kudos for her in making a positive change in her life. Um, yes, kudos. And she wrote back actually, and she wrote saying today is day two away from my ex-boyfriend and I do not even miss him. I think I miss the drinking more and it has been over a week now. I have not had a drop. I do get the shake sometimes, but I'm not going back. I refuse. I woke up this morning at seven, took a shower and took a long look at myself in the mirror. This is not the same person I see. I look better and feel much better. My friend who I moved in with said she had noticed a big change in me. I'm lucky to have such a good friend. Um, I listened to the show, uh, last night and you could not be more right. Sometimes you do not realize the situation you are in because somebody had brought that up thinking if somebody's abusing you, why aren't you getting out? Um, the situation you are in until you listen to others for the longest time, I did not even think I had a drinking problem, but I did maybe even an alcoholic every day seems to get better and getting away from the abuse makes it that much better. I'm going to start painting again. As soon as the stores open, something I loved and enjoyed and was very good at your words last night were encouraging. Those are all of your words, by the way. And I cannot thank you enough. I want to thank your poet as well. Those two lines will be with me always. It is never too late to get out and change. I have a few pounds to shed. So jogging and biking will be part of my get better activities. I'm so happy that you are 
on a good track now and uh, it is a new chapter in your life as one as one of our uh, listeners uh, pointed out for you so wonderful Coming up, our kink panel, Lexi Silver and Catherine of BDSM Circle, uh, join us tonight. We'll talk about uh, fantasies, shame, sex, and kink. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. So excited to have my kink panel with me, albeit not in studio, uh, all at different parts of the island, but that's all good. Uh, joining me tonight is uh, Catherine of BDSMCircle.com. Hi, Catherine. You're doing Hello. well? Hello. Doing great. Yeah, staying safe? I'm I'm healthy like a hermit <laughs> you have to be yes i know absolutely yeah good you stay safe you stay as hermit as you want <laughs> now's it <laughs> tonight's a good time to talk about fantasies then um sure is. <laughs> we've got lexi silver as well uh here joining us she just released a new book of erotic stories called mating season and it is super steamy <laughs> had me blushing i must say a little bit Ooh. uh yeah really lovely and, and lots of fun so lexi welcome back to the show excited to have you on <laughs> thank you as always for having me Lori. i'm happy that you found it steamy and that you're enjoying it uh yes uh, very much so yes and um i'll just say that <laughs> uh, <laughs> um can i also add that you you do practice bdsm right yeah as well yes. and you are in in the lifestyle as well and so as lots of people I, I'm I'm hearing and who are BDSM have multiple partners Catherine right I mean this is That's something right. that okay so they seem to go kind of hand in hand but they don't have to they don't have to uh, now, before we get into some of the things that I wanted to talk about, which was about shame and, and, and about fantasies and about the, the erotica and the, the writing, and um, I, there was um, somebody who sent in a, an email or a text, rather, a question, and it was about pegging. So women wearing strap-ons and penetrating men thought about this and and it seems to be uh, becoming more and more common according to the UK uh, the sun their uh, newspaper there they call it the newest sex trend but it seems to me that it has a flavor of uh, dominance and submission does it not Certainly. Uh, yeah definitely I mean anytime uh, you're I mean it, it really depends but I think that anytime you're the receiver of something like that um it and very and it's very intimate and it's still pleasurable oh my god it's pleasurable um I think that yeah there's definitely an element of submission in there um and if you are playing in a kink scene pegging is definitely something that will make you feel exactly the way you want to feel so, in my opinion. I wonder if it's gone mainstream then is what I'm thinking then. <laughs> because if the sun is talking about it, here's yet one other activity that was used to be relegated to the kink side that is now becoming far more mainstream. Catherine, would you agree? Well, I think, you know, almost everything is becoming more mainstream. Right. We, we you know, as soon as you got the internet, you can see that there's other people doing the same thing. You know, one thing I would like to say about the the pegging or, or strap on, really invest a little bit of money and get a decent one. Okay. 
don't don't just get some crappy flimsy thing because it's not going to actually <clears throat> can I say help you perform in the way you want to. Okay. You know, so you're better off um, actually for that go into the gay village. They have the that's where you buy the best strap-ons. Okay. <laughs> and um, get a, a nice one that has so that you can use different um, accessories in it, so different sizes. Okay. So that you can interchangeable. Work up. Right. Exactly. Because you really, you know what? Um, lots of people now have latex gloves in the house or gloves in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, put a little bit of lube on there. Um, and that's how you start usually with a finger. Work your way up. But if you're doing the, the strap on, you, you said exactly the right thing. Um, don't start with this huge thing. <laughs> you know, go really slow. And the other thing I want to say is stay away from what they call the anal cream, and that actually numbs the anus. Oh, yes, the, the and, numbing and creams. And that's quite mm-hmm. actually dangerous because you want, you, it shouldn't be terribly painful. Right. You, know, you, it, you should take your time and get relaxed and, and that because um, it'll, it'll actually mask. So you'll end up hurting uh, the person in the long run more than you want to. But right. that's, they're widely sold, and I'm, I'm against mm. that. That yeah. makes a lot of sense because if you're numbing the area and you do do damage, you won't feel the damage until it's too late. Exactly. Yeah, that and, makes And sense. so, uh, like, if you look it up on the Internet, we'll have, like, anal cream. And a lot of that time, if it's got the analgesic in it, or I think this mm-hmm. word, um, stay away from it. Okay. Do you, as a dominant, you're a dominant, do Certainly. you um, do you get asked a lot from men to yes. do this? Yes. So it's That's common. The, probably the most common. Hmm. And entity. usually from straight men. Uh, absolutely. Right. I, and I, I just wanted yes. to clarify that because in I think fact, part of that um, question is that, that people think, oh, it, it must mean that I'm gay, but of course not. Nope. It's mm-hmm. just, it's a, it's a real pleasure spot. So if you can get over the shame and you can, and you know what, by starting slow too, it's easy to get over the shame too, mm. you know, um, it, it isn't, it's just, it's part of your body and it does, it has incredible pleasure potential. Right. And a, a lot of men that are, you know, they start off by exploring them themselves. Right. And that would be something you could do because you know? they do sell things like butt plugs and things like that. Well, even with your own finger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Uh, this is our King Panel tonight. Catherine of BDSM Circle and Lexi Silver. She is an erotic writer, just uh, released a book called Mating Season. LexiSilver.com is where you can get uh, more information about that. We're going to give away an electronic uh, copy of that book tonight. So if you have a question, we'll give it to one of our oh. texters. So anybody texting in with a comment or a question uh, has a chance to win uh, this uh, this prize. 514-800 to text in. Of course, you're always welcome to call in at 514-790-0800. I, find it, I just find it interesting that something like this is being talked about in mainstream media so much more now, right? And this is what's happening is that the more people talk about certain things, the more mainstream things become. And then the less shame there is around it because people are reading this in the sun and they're saying, oh, oh, okay. So I'm not like, you know, it's okay. Uh, Yes, it's okay. You're not hurting anybody. 
I think that removing, um, talking about it, you're absolutely right. Talking about it removes shame, removes stigma from things, and it and it informs people. There, one of the reasons why there a lot there's a lot of shame and stigma around things is because of misinformation or a lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. Because you know, a lot of us are not educated, especially when we're younger. And I mean, Lori, uh, you know, being the director of the Sexual Health Network of Quebec, you know that education, sexual education, is extremely crucial. Yeah. But we don't get it, so we get a lot of you know shame surrounding sex in general and then when it comes uh, like when it comes to more taboo things for example like asking uh, for you know for for someone to put on a strap on and uh you know give you anal pleasure for example like it's very hard to talk about that because mm. we have all the shame ingrained in us but then you start to hear more and more stories about people who do these things real life stories right. and how it's amazing and fun and then it starts to make you feel less ashamed of whatever it is that you want to do, whatever your desires are. So we definitely need to do a lot more talking and a lot more educating about all of the topics related to sex. Yeah, I listen, I, I, I'm with you on that. But of course, imagine if you had to, if you told parents that the curriculum, let's say for grade 11 included uh, <laughs> talk about pegging and uh, anal pleasure and uh, uh, BDSM. And, but yet, <laughs> yet, these are around that time is when a lot of these interests come up. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, people are starting to watch porn. That's one of their first ways of seeing any naked people, understanding sex, but they have no context in which to understand what they're actually seeing. So maybe they do come across a video where, like, where a woman is uh, getting flogged, for example. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they start to, they don't really understand what they're seeing and that it's make-believe or that it's play or that it's for entertainment purposes and Mm -hmm. that not everybody likes to do those kinds of things. Right. So, um, but as far as educating when they're younger, there's age-appropriate education. I think it firstly starts with making sure that, you know, um, people don't feel shameful about their bodies and what happens in their bodies mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, their sexual feelings in general. That is a huge starting off point. That's a huge lack of, you know, uh, education right. about that in general. But that well. comes from family. That that often comes early on. You know, I was speaking to a gentleman today who was telling me that in his family, he grew up in a very conservative family and they, they would watch, let's say, a movie as a, as a family and, and the sex scene, well, a sex scene, like, not nothing explicit would come on and everybody would get like super uncomfortable and then there was no discussion ever about sex and I said well no discussion gives the message to children that it is a taboo subject period Um, so forget about taboo sex sex in general is taboo but then there these same kids are expected to grow up get married and suddenly Love it, <laughs> and suddenly get all this pleasure when uh, when it starts much. It has to start much younger than that too. The, the whole notion of of pleasure and how people's pleasure can be different. Catherine is a you know people who know Catherine have been hearing her for years and years know this that she you started feeling this at a very young age. This I, I difference did. and and you know I felt very odd. Um, just to have fantasies like that, I used to think, you know, something really wrong with me. And right. um, because I'm, <clears throat> we'll just say not a youngin', um, you know, it was pre-internet, and there was no discussion like that at all. Right. There wasn't in school, there wasn't library books, it was, you know, 
you found information where you could. Now kids are exposed to so much. I, I look and see what's on Netflix or Crave or right. It's it's shocking now, and you know people need to be talking to their kids. Sure. To, to discuss these things on the TV, but yeah, I mean certainly I grew up in a in a household where it was never discussed. Yeah, me too. You know, interestingly, it was the private part. Mm-hmm. You know, it was your private part. Right. It wasn't discussed. Not everything was was hush hush. I think many of us grew up that way. Some of us rebelled. Me, <laughs> Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, you know, against this, uh, and others just kind of grew up with a whole lot of shame around it, and only in their adulthood. Uh, really started shedding that. Uh, coming up, uh, we're going to talk about uh, sexual fantasy talking, and also talking about how shame actually prevents us from getting to our true sexual desires. And these ladies will tell us how do we find those true sexual desires as well. Might be reading a mating season. That could be uh, one way. Uh, Lexi Silver's uh, new book. pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak you're listening to passion cjd 800 our kink panel tonight uh, comprised of Catherine of bdsmcircle.com and lexi silver who just released a book of erotic stories called mating season she's also a practitioner of bdsm and is uh, in the lifestyle too. We've been talking about uh, the shame. We talked about pegging. I have a few text messages here to share. Uh, I'm super glad that people are talking more openly about all aspects and types of consensual sex nowadays. It's important and healthful. Uh, so that's uh, good. Yes. Uh, thanks for sharing. Someone else says something I was considering. That's uh, about the the pegging. And then someone else says I beg to differ. If someone feels shame in doing an act, it's because they are uncomfortable with it and that is okay. Those who wish to explore more will educate themselves. So we do not need to educate the general public on kinky sex. It's a personal thing. Unfortunately, today's sex education is porn educated. In grade seven, I had sex ed. Little explanation, few animated films, that's it. Neither are good solutions though. Porn education and just a few films is not good, but there are people who feel shame about their sexuality Point final. Like it's not just about a, a particular act they want to do. They just feel shame even around talking about sexuality. We live in a shame, or we, we have, it's changing, but in a shame-based society where sex is like the last taboo, unfortunately. So I do think we need to educate the general public. I do think we need to be able to demystify a lot of aspects of sexuality it may not be for you. That's okay. But you don't yuck someone else's yum. If that's what they like and it's consensual and it's safe and it's legal, then who are we to judge? And that's like my bottom line. <laughs> um, 
Yes. And I know you both agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Where, I yeah. see your pom-poms cheering right here. I, I'm uh, nodding away. <laughs> um, another person, in regards to pegging, your panel suggested the use of a finger initially. I find a finger invasive, at least with considerable pain. So how does one progress from pain to pleasure with minimum distress? I realize this is counterintuitive to a panel who delights from pain, except that it's the kind of pain you want, this kind of pain you don't want. Exactly. Well, you know what? You just don't put a finger in. You've got lube. Right. And and a glove isn't a bad thing. Right. And, uh, and, and like look, a, it's not for everybody, though. Can, can I just make it like it's OK if it's not something you like? Like some people do not find it pleasurable and other people find it immensely pleasurable. Exactly. Yeah. So wherever yeah. you stand on this is is perfectly OK. Nobody says, hey, you should try this. Right. Absolutely not. And I, you know, I think as far as, you know, uh, comfort and discomfort, uh, you know, physical discomfort, like putting a finger in or if there's pain or anything like that, I think um, a lot of people also neglect the psychological aspects of relaxation, that mm-hmm. if, you know, you're kind of stressed out about something, that you might feel uncomfortable and clench those muscles, which could That's create right. pain. You know, and then there's like, I, there's also the matter of a lot of people always having at the back of their mind that it's dirty, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because, you know, poop comes out of there. And mm-hmm. yeah, it could get messy, fine. But some these little things, uh, that's something that could be easily solved with, for example, a douche or mm-hmm. an enema. And that takes away a lot of that psychological pressure and, and, and stress. But I, yes, masturbation is the way to go if you're trying something new for the first time where you have no pressure. You can chill, relax, and then your body will kind of conform to your hand or whatever toy you're right. using. Well, I think that, that that's a, a good point. If you're anticipating pain, the instinct is to clench. Whether it's vaginal pain, anal pain, whatever it is, you're going to clench your, your entire pelvic floor. So, And that's only going to send, to, to give you even more, uh, more pain. So uh, relaxing the, the, the muscles, absolutely. Yeah, and I'd like to put in something there because it it feels that it is the wrong thing, but you actually, instead of clenching, you want to actually push. Yeah, bear like down. We're going to poo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, but but obviously you you make sure that you you've already done that or you've used um, um not necessarily an enema but an anal wash. Yeah, the douche. The, it's like a yeah. little pear shaped thing, and you exactly. put water right. in it, and, and that's usually enough. Um, right. Uh, to, to clean out where you're actually going to be uh, de- dealing with, shall I say. Right. Um, you know, so, but, you know, there's beads and there's all sorts of things, but a good lube mm-hmm. is is really important. Right. Lots of lube. You know, yeah, lots of, lots of lube because it's not a naturally lubricating organ when aroused like the vagina exactly. is. So let people you, have you, to really, yeah. And... One thing I'd like to say is, is if you're, you're starting, you don't start with the goal is I'm going to, we're going to start and we're going to work up in this session to the strap on. Mm-hmm. Okay. You just, the first time you just play around a little bit there with a small object. The other thing is you want to make sure that the, that you're using something appropriate. And yeah, by please, that, it should yeah. have a flange on the end, like a, a butt plug. Yeah, so it can get sucked in. Mm-hmm. Yes, it can get stuck in, and then because of the angle, it can't get out. 
and you'll have to go to a new emergency room. That's right. And That's it can right. be very serious. So no vegetables. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so there, there are <laughs> no cucumbers. Um, you know, yes, it's great to experiment, but you want to make sure it's got that flame to like the one wide end. Yeah. So it won't pop in by mistake. And you may think, oh, it would never happen to you, but it certainly can. So that's just a, another safety thing. And again, if you're looking at the lube, make sure it's not one that says an anal lube that has the analgesic or the numbing agent right. in it. As someone says, no light bulbs. Absolutely no light bulbs. And there have, Lord, been, no. there have been reports, unfortunately, of all kinds of things found in rectums that have been sucked in. Uh, and, and so it absolutely has to be something made for anal play, please. If you're going yes, to explore that. do a lot of damage. So here's a kink that someone is, um, is describing. I recently discovered masturbating in a diaper. It was an awesome discovery. So I don't know how old this person is, but this is, there are a community of, they call them adult babies or infantilism is the actual fetish mm-hmm. word for it, uh, where uh, there is an arousal to dressing like a baby or wearing a diaper. And and when I've worked with um, individuals like this, what they describe is the feeling of the wearing of the diaper is a letting go. It's of, uh, it's of returning to an innocent state where they can just be. And, and that's where the comfort is. And then, you know, and that's what the arousing uh, pieces, adult, uh, adult baby diaper lover. Yes, there's that. There's a, a few names actually. And for people, people should know this too, that in Montreal, there are adult baby daycares, like literally playgrounds for adult babies where adult babies meet. Now, years ago before the internet, um, I remember, uh, meeting a few, I've been in the business pre-internet, right? So 30 years. And it was one, like so much shame attached to it because they thought they were the only people on earth like this. Like, how could Mm -hmm. it be? What does this mean? Am I a pedophile? Am I a this? Am I a that? None of it. It, That that means none of those things. Um, But there is a huge online um, community. Absolutely. I, well, it's great that people find that they're able to locate and uh, communicate with other people who share their fetishes and their kinks. And, you know, uh, part of, like that also is part of what we were talking about before, you know, the communication part of it, talking more about things and demystifying them, as you said, Lori, yeah. you know, removing that shame from it. It doesn't, it, you know, uh, wh- whether it's adult diapers or, you know, BDSM or anything else, sex in a lot of ways is play. And it's something right. that as adults we don't really do, right? right. It's something we do as children, you know, may, that like we, yeah. we put on costumes, we pretend we're other people, <laughs> we, we enjoy ourselves, but as adults we don't do that. So, you know, I find that no matter what your, your kink or your fetish is, in a way it's, 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 it's a type of play. It's a type of way of kind we'll, of getting back to that childlike. Yeah. We'll talk a little more about play and sexual fantasies, sexual fantasies that may be on uh, more on the alternative side. But I don't know. Is anything alternative these days? Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. 
This is our kink panel tonight. Lexi Silver joins us. She just released a, a new book of erotic stories called Mating Season. Steamy, well-written, really, really good. So if you need to spruce up your fantasies or you, you don't seem to have your own, but you can you can use hers. That's it. Uh, <laughs> use me. Use them. Yes. Use them because they are good. And they and I have to say, just the build up because they're stories of things, you know, real things. Like mm-hmm. the, your first story, for example, uh, a, a you know pool pool table pool competition. Like who knew? Um, but it just it builds up the. The eroticism just builds with the story, which I found that's what was really appealing, which is so different than watching porn, for example, and just seeing the action happen right away. There was so much context and so rich. The context was so rich that it really, uh, I actually couldn't put it down. Like I just had to read, you know, read it in one shot. That's how intense it was. So really great. So uh, congratulations on that. One of our texters will win a copy of the ebook and I will text you back whoever uh, is a winner. We've got plenty, plenty, plenty of people who texted in. So I will text you if you are uh, the winner. So our adult baby wrote back and says, I myself was shocked when I found, when I found it, I thought I was crazy. And then I see it's so popular. And then, wow, that daycare thing sounds so much fun. I'll have to check that out. And then, uh, so what I learned from this and can be useful to share, I found a fetish I thought is unique to me. And so is the shame. However, all of a sudden I find it's a popular fetish with many communities focused on this. And as you said, even a daycare. So you see, you're not that unique when it comes to sexuality. Nothing is so unique. That's the, that's the interesting (laughs) thing. Like a lot of people are listening to us and saying, what? adult babies what is that and and to them it's like nobody does that and oh yeah look it up there are (laughs) thousands of online uh communities for that so uh as as he writes so the message out there is it's perfectly normal and you're definitely not the only one no matter what you discovered the only time it's problematic is it when it really interferes with your life and at that point, you know, whether it interferes with your relationship or whether it interferes with, with having a, a sexual relationship with someone else, at that point, um, and it's distressing to you, then, then you, get, you get help to, to figure out how to navigate with that kink. Because you can't get rid of a fetish necessarily, but you can turn it into a preference over an obsession. Um, and, and, you know, everything, of course, has to be consensual. Of course, the the consent is always the the biggest uh, consensual and legal. You know, you may have an exhibitionistic fetish, but you're not going to go out and flash somebody because that's illegal. But you want to go on a webcam or you want to go to a a club where you can have sex in front of other people, that's perfectly okay. But doing it to unsuspecting strangers, not okay. But they're both exhibitionistic. (laughs) So let's... (laughs) Let's please understand the, the, the line between uh, consent and legalities of certain sex acts as well, right? So people have to, to kind of uh, do their research. But again, you know, th- these are things we don't talk about. These are things you're not going to ever learn 
in sex education. <laughs> no. You know. So if you've been listening here long enough, you learned a lot of stuff. But after you know twenty one years of talking about all this stuff, yes, you you should have some uh, some idea. One person writes, as far as every fetish fantasy that I've ever had. I think I've done them all. Now what? Well, not everybody. Um, like, let's let's get to sexual fantasies because not everybody is comfortable a talking about them, having them, uh, or even know what their desire their desires are to act or to just fantasize about. Like, what's the line? Because a lot of people think that if I have a fantasy, it means it it must mean that it's something I actually want to do in real life. Lexi, you want to take that? Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, you know, <laughs> if you are, if you have a fantasy and you try to do it in real life, you will probably be very sorely disappointed <laughs> that it does not match up to whatever you had in your beautiful, dirty imagination. Right. So, you know, there are safe ways to explore your fantasies, like from, for me, you know, writing uh, erotic literature, mm-hmm. uh, just writing stories. So, and you, you were know, doing this at a young age, weren't you? Absolutely. I was exploring fantasies in a safe way Uh, from the time, I guess I must have been 12 when I wrote my first romantic pseudo sexual (laughs) story, but it was very, it was more romantic than sexual. And then over the years, I mean, it degraded quite quickly, um, as you can probably see from my book. Um, But, (laughs) you know, it was safe. It was safe. I didn't have, you know, it's, it's partnerless. So I could explore it within the confines of my mind before deciding if that was something I wanted to do. Right, right. And, you know, for the person who said they've done it all, um, okay, change your partner. How about that? All right? Change your partners because even if you do the same thing with, you know, with that different person, it will be a different experience. Right, So, right. you know, I, just just saying as someone who is consensually non-monogamous, right, right. it makes a difference. I like what J.D. wrote. Uh, he, he, he did the molly, but he said exactly the threesome thing backfired. Many people have the threesome <laughs> fantasy and many people report it backfiring on them or destroying relationships or whatever, right? It doesn't work for everybody. Well, nothing works for everybody, and I think one of the reasons why anything, when it comes to opening up your relationship, might fail is because, A, the people didn't talk about it properly before going into it, talking about why they, what they wanted to do, what they, you know, how it would help their relationship, what it was they were hoping to get out of the experience of being open, and then, you know, having those different uh, expectations going into it, and some people trying to open their relationship as a fix for mm. whatever else is going on in the right. relationship without realizing that any issues that happen will just exacerbate whatever other issues are in their relationship. So, right. yeah. You need um, to have a strong <laughs> a strong base. And, Catherine, we've talked a lot about this uh, with Pierre also, having oh, yeah. a strong relationship and so much uh, communication has to, has to go on. If you're going to open up your relationship and invite other people into it, you better be real solid. Well, you know what, and it's it's be solid, but uh, what people don't think of is, is you have to keep negotiating mm-hmm. because it's it's not what you think, um, and you'll get feelings that are going to surprise you, and you need to talk about if you're feeling hinky about something, and it's the hinky hard stuff that makes you uncomfortable to talk about is exactly what you need to be talking about, right. so... You know, that's that's the thing is you have to have that comfort level with your partner to be able to talk about the things you're uncomfortable with and and know that you're going to be accepted, not judged. And, you know, you're not a terrible person if you didn't like that or you did. Right. You know, um, 
So you're the negotiating. Other thing I want to talk, mm-hmm. Yes, and I, I want to get get back to a point that uh, Lexi made um, <clears throat> about the fantasies not actually being what you think. Well, you know, if you have a rape fantasy, it does not mean that you actually want to be raped. In your fantasy, you control it. Right. And and you're still in control. It's the illusion of not having control and being, you know, ravished and all that. Well, that that sounds really exciting. And, you know, I, I couldn't help it. He did that to me. But you're still in control in your fantasy. Right. And because I know that's one of the things that I had is uh, being younger. I had a rape fantasy and think, what the hell is the matter with me? Right. You know, am I right. in that case? Right. But it's actually, um, and I'm sure you can uh, attest to this, uh, Dr. Lori, uh, it's one of the most common yes, fantasies it is. for women. Yeah, and yeah. it's like something like half. Yeah, it is and the most it common. It's all about, but it's all about submission, and it's the fantasy of submission, right? Yeah. But you're in control. Right. Nothing happens yeah. in there that you know that you didn't want. Lexi, last uh, last words on this. Yeah, and I think, you know, when it comes to communicating about your fantasies, uh, you know, because we've been talking about this a little bit, um, if you feel, you know, you want to talk to your partner about something, just let's say you want to get pegged. You can, maybe you don't want to tell your partner, I want to get pegged. Maybe you want to, you know, um, watch porn together and say, how do you feel about that? Is that something you'd want to try with me? There are different ways to talk to your partner that is not like we need to have a conversation that takes the edge off, the pressure off, and will open up your partner also to potentially uh, new experiences. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just don't be so hard on yourself. There are definitely ways to communicate to your partner that are a little more indirect as you try to build up and see how your partner might feel about something. Maybe on our next uh, show next month, we can focus on the how-tos, like how to have the conversation and and what kinds of words to use and and things like that. So so we don't turn our partners off and we don't scare them away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ladies, thank you so much for being on uh, on the show tonight. Uh, Lexi, if uh, people want to know more about the book, get the book, uh, the website, give it, give it all. Uh, great. Well, come and find me at LexiSilver.com. That's Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. And, you know, all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at LexiSilver again. And uh, there are the links to Amazon and Amazon Kindle as well. Um, and, yeah, get my book. It is amazing, apparently, according to what I've been hearing from Lori. It is um, amazing. Yes, I have to write my review. I keep forgetting. But, yes, I, I will write the thank review. You. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much for having me on and for uh, for talking so highly about my stories. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, always a pleasure, and uh, we'd like to have you on uh, regularly. I think it's great. I think it's uh, it's uh, you're a, a wonderful addition to our uh, to our panel. Catherine, Thank you. you give Pierre our best. Please tell yes, him we miss him, and hello. maybe next time we'll get a male perspective on things. So I appreciate it. And we'll text one, our winner, and uh, Lexi will be in touch with you directly by text message um, shortly. All right? That Ooh. works? All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thanks. Thanks. Healthy. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you to Chris Aiken, our technical producer tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>